Tim's News Explosion. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Tim's News Explosion on this Monday, the 20th of February, 2023. We are live tonight on the Wilmsfront YouTube, as well as on DLive and Odyssey. And uh, as always, I put the entropy link into the live chat where you can ask myself a direct question or even better yet, send through a super chat to support not just this program, but other unshackled productions hello to everyone in the chat lady of shallot kesho and a good to see you all there it is 8 30 p.m here in melbourne victoria where we survived an apparent huge heat wave over the weekend with saturday being uh it was reported the hottest melbourne day in four years uh, the mercury got, uh, as they say, at 39.2 degrees Celsius, which isn't that hot for an Australian summer. They said, uh, they obviously try to exaggerate at the mainstream media, hottest Melbourne day in four years. They always love to say record breaking. It's a crisis. It's a, it's a signs of global warming when it's just, I mean... <laughs> It's not hot for an Australian summer and uh, normal people, uh, they soak up the the sun on a warm day or if they need to cool off, uh, go swimming at the beach. Uh, you can certainly do that here uh, with our air and water being clean, unlike the residents of East Palestine in Ohio one week after the Southern Norfolk train derailment was around 50 car- carriages, which all those toxic chemicals spilled and it, and that uh, controlled burn, that giant mushroom cloud that was uh, designed to make it so that they would all evaporate and not, uh, not, not cause any lingering, uh, uh, lingering ill health in the town that was the idea of the the controlled burn and after a few days residents said uh, were told uh, by uh, the authorities that it was safe to go back in their their town and uh, the there have been reports of uh, chickens foxes suddenly dying and uh, this is uh, some of the the water uh, quality in the river Wow. Look at all that. Look at it. It's all in the bottom of the creek bed. Now look at it.
they burned all the chemicals off of there, right? That's what I heard, yeah. <laughs> Maybe off the top. Are we going to see a, a three-eyed fish like in the, the Simpsons? Or are we going to see uh, zombie monsters coming up from the, the river all mutated there? And there was almost dead silence from the, the Biden administration and the Secretary of Transportation, uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, supposedly a party that cares about the environment. And remember, they, they forced people to, to, to wear masks where the air was clean uh, during the, 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 the pandemic. But uh, apparently this is all fine now, as others have, have pointed out. The sudden, the, yeah, the, the, the sudden just trying to, well, oh, and uh, Pete Buttigieg said, well, there's a th over a thousand train derailments uh, per year i mean it's happened before so so what i mean uh pete Buttigieg, and uh i've took me a while to pronounce his name properly some others have pronounced it uh, butt plug uh, joe biden is uh, very eager to remind us he's the the first gay uh, cabinet minister oh, sorry cabinet secretary i should say he ran in the 2020 presidential election uh, before he was appointed Secretary of Transportation. Uh, he was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Sounds like a <laughs> gay sex position. Uh, but uh, it's no big deal, this uh, this uh, chemical spill and, and fire. Uh, Pete Buttigieg is, is focused on what really matters uh, when having transportation or construction works. To work with your contractors, uh, to work with your community colleges on building a workforce that reflects the community. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a, a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good paying jobs, don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. You can build community wealth that will help close wealth gaps in this country if we can tear down those barriers. But that happens at the delivery level. Uh... Yes, I've heard that the fly-in, fly-out workers in the, the mines in WA, as the name uh, suggests, aren't locals to that area up in the, the northwestern Australia there. I mean, uh, by Pete Buttigieg's logic, uh, that uh, that shouldn't be allowed because they're not locals. They don't look like the the, the locals. And of course, this affirmative action, a employment uh, policies, we're seeing the end result of uh, such uh, racial uh, quotas in places like South Africa and in Zimbabwe. It all ends in economic devastation there. And of course, uh, Pete Buttigieg is a white man. The only thing that makes him different from all the other white men is uh, who he goes to bed with uh, most, most nights. Uh, now, initially, the Biden administration uh, didn't release a FEMA disaster funds uh, because uh, there were other agencies such as the EPA who are more equipped uh, to deal uh, with such a ecological environmental 
disaster. Uh, but as soon as uh, Donald Trump announced that he was going uh, to East Palestine, uh, FEMA miraculously announced that they were going to uh, release disaster relief funding uh, to local citizens. Uh, so again, uh, showing that uh, it's all politics. And they tried to blame Trump for the, the train derailment because he he had a deregulation when he was president that uh, about uh, train breaks, but this was this train derailment wasn't to do with breaks. It was the fact that the rails uh, weren't properly maintained. And Donald Trump hasn't been the president uh, for over two years, and that was only through executive order uh, that uh, Trump deregulation, which of course Biden through executive action uh, can override immediately. So if it's so important to you, you've had over two years to, to do it if you thought that that would avoid uh, this ecological uh, disaster. Now, obviously, it, it has been uh, Republicans, conservatives and, and nationalists who, who have uh, been highlighting most prominently the ecological disaster in East Palestine, uh, but there have been environmentalists on the the left who who have drawn attention to it, including uh, Greta Thunberg. She retweeted Earth Judge Earth Justice and mentioned the uh, vinyl uh, the chemicals vinyl chloride, ethylene glycerol, ethylide acrylate, and isoblone. The water, air, and soil around East Palestine, Ohio, have been contaminated by these dangerous chemicals from southern Norfolk's derailed trains. Some are known, known carcinogens. But of course, a uh, Joe Biden, the the, the more important aid uh, for him to announce was not aid to an actual uh, American town; it was aid to Ukraine. Uh, if East Palestine, if he'd been told East Palestine was in Ukraine, he would have uh, released the FEMA funds immediately. Uh, this is what Joe Biden said that uh, he would, well, on behalf of the American taxpayer, he would be giving to uh, Ukraine. And to deliver much needed humanitarian assistance as well as food, water, medicine, shelter, and other aid to Ukrainians displaced by Russia's war, and provide aid for those seeking refuge in other countries from Ukraine. <clears throat> it's also going to help schools and hospitals open. It's going to allow pensions and social support to be paid to the Ukrainian people so they have something, something in their pocket. It's also going to provide critical resources to address food shortages around the globe. Um, there's uh, problems with the food supply in the United States with all of these egg farms miraculously catching fire. And the U.S. government can't even afford to uh, pay its own uh, pension, Social Security liabilities, but it's going to pay for Ukraine as well. I mean, come on. Now, uh, following up on those, we had the, as uh, as, I, as I was going to air last week, uh, there was uh, three UFOs shot down over North America in three days. Uh, now, we thought that they might be alien spaceships. Uh, the, uh, the US military said they hadn't ruled out, and uh, it certainly uh, was an interesting sideshow. And uh, it certainly led to a lot of satire and, and jokes because we all need a, a good laugh in these insane times. Uh, MAGA 
cartoonist Branko. Uh, he this was his uh, cartoon. Meanwhile, on the mothership, the U.S. just destroyed our probe. Maybe it's time we destroy the U.S. Why Biden and the Democrats are doing that already? The Babylon B had Joe Biden meeting with the alien, who said, "Okay, take us to a different leader." Uh, so the alien said, "I guess." He's not the leader they were expecting," said an insider. It was a classic. It was the classic sci-fi movie scenario with the alien arriving and telling us, "Take us to your leader." We quickly set up a meeting with President Biden. Went downhill from there. The aliens were asking why we kept shooting down their peace offering balloons containing Hickory Farms cheese and sausage gift baskets. But I guess it really started to get bad when the lead alien put his hand out to greet. The president and Joe bent down and bit the creature's finger. Um, I, I, I thought maybe that Biden would have given him a, a smooch. Reports indicate that relations between the two sides only grew worse after the president began speaking. The best we can tell, Joe had one of his typical verbal gaffes. He said something that was totally unintelligible to us, but apparently it sounded like some sort of horrible slur in the aliens' language. The aliens were offended. Joe may have messed his pants. It was a train wreck. Uh, sorry. Poor choice of words. At the time of publishing, the aliens were reportedly already asking to be taken to a third leader after only spending five minutes trying to talk to Kamala Harris. I think maybe uh, Kamala Harris's cackle was like some sort of uh, sonic ear torture to the, the aliens. And there was also this uh, hilarious uh, deep fake of Biden announcing the arrival of the alien UFOs. Ladies and gentlemen, as the Commander-in-Chief of the United States Joint Forces, I am here today to inform you that a number of unidentified flying objects have appeared over many parts of our country. Though their exact origin remains to be fully determined, the FBI has informed me that it is very likely that these are visitors of extraterrestrial nature. I advise the American people to remain calm, not fall into panic, and wait for further announcements. We shall overcome this threat with confidence and vigilance. May God protect our souls. Now, over the past week, I binge-watched uh, Alien Invasion movies, uh, War of the Worlds, Independence Day, and Signs, and I also re-watched uh, Scary Movie 3, which is probably the most accurate if there was going to be an alien invasion because uh, uh, the, the late uh, Leslie Nielsen, he plays an elderly, senile president of the, the United States, which sounds quite familiar to us. That was made over 20 years ago, and uh, fiction has become real life again. But the truth of what uh, these uh, three UFOs probably were, uh, were hobby balloons, some worth only $12, and it cost $1.6 to shoot down those three balloons, which a lot of people suspected that NORAD just went shoot down everything after uh, the humiliation of allowing the Chinese spy balloon to fly over uh, the United States, uh, because uh, there is a there is a missing uh, a missing uh, balloon uh, from a Illinois-based hobbyist club. Uh, so that has emerged as the, the main uh, suspect of one of the three mysterious objects. Uh, so the outlet said the club's balloon, a silver-coated party-style Pika balloon. 
and uh, going further down here that uh, uh, some kids even design these uh, balloons for a science project. So the US military may have shot down a kid's science project. This is the, this is basically, again, uh, uh, showing that Biden administration, it's all political for them, uh, that they shot down these random objects, UFOs, uh, to basically show that they're being tough on UFOs in their airspace after humiliated by the, the Chinese weather balloon. Now, obviously, we don't know whether Joe Biden is going to run for a second term, a re-election in the 2024 presidential election. We know that uh, Donald Trump has announced uh, that uh, he is going to be uh, seeking a second term that was denied to him in the 2020 presidential election. There is now another Republican presidential candidate, former South Carolina governor and former uh, UN ambassador Nikki Haley. Despite the fact she said she wouldn't run against Trump in a primary, she's now broken that uh, promise. And uh, so far, her campaign, uh, there's a lot of identity politics about her being a brown girl in a black and white America. I'm more confident than ever that we can make this vision real in our time, because that's what I've seen my entire life. As a brown girl growing up in a black and white world, I saw the promise of America unfold before me. As the proud wife of a combat veteran, I saw our people's deep love of. And she always mentions that her father wore a turban, her mother wore a Ciara. And I remember in the 2016 uh, presidential election, Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz uh, uh, always spoke about uh, their parents' humble immigrant uh, beginnings they, they, that's uh, Nikki Haley is basically recycling that she's polling at one percent she is a, a neocons wet dream I mean when she was uh, governor of South Carolina or after the Charleston mass shooting she ordered the takedown of all confederate flags from South Carolina buildings uh, there is plenty uh, to criticize Nikki Haley over but uh, CNN's now breakfast host, Don Lemon, came up with this bizarre uh, critique of Nikki Haley's presidential campaign. This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that, I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime, sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you talk, wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say twenties, thirties, and forties. I don't necessarily. Forties. Oh, I got it. I'm not decade. saying I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that. Well, you know, politicians aren't in their I think prime. We need to need qualify. To are you talking about prime for like childbearing, or are you don't talking shoot about the prime I'm for just being president? What the facts are. Google it. Everybody at home. When is a woman in her prime? It says 20s, 30s, and 40s. And I'm just saying Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime and they need to be in their prime when they serve because she wouldn't be in her prime, according to Google, you know, Google or whatever it is. 
I mean, Don Lemon is a 56-year-old gay man. I mean, in gay years, he would be termed as well past his prime, if you want to go down that road there, uh, Dom. And uh, he has uh, been suspended uh, from uh, CNN's breakfast program. Or, or what's the term? Temporarily benched. Uh, so according to an insider, uh, Lemon's future at CNN is on hold amid outrage from the public regarding his remarks about women. I mean, CNN probably would have fired him when they fired uh, Brian Stelter, uh, but probably because he's a black gay man, they thought, I oh, will just uh, move him to the breakfast slot. And so he apologized. And uh, so there is a growing conversations about Don's future. He's a constant dis distraction. So he's taking a, a holiday uh, and he'll return depending on where his head, head is at. Uh, CNN CEO Chris uh, Litch who is trying to fix the network, told staffers during editorial call that he was disappointed in Lemon, upsetting, unacceptable, unfair to his co-hosts, and ultimately a huge distraction from the great work of this organisation. Well, <laughs> CNN don't do great work. But yes, uh, so uh, Don Lemon's uh, career goes from bad to worse, but uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the media won't uh, will actually be stronger uh if he's uh if he's moved on uh from cnn uh former cnn primetime anchor chris cuomo his uh, podcast ratings are really uh, terrible uh, so there's not much of a future for cnn anchors once they leave cnn now let's turn to a health up update now the great uh, bird flu uh, panic is over about it uh, causing a potential pandemic uh, because Marburg virus is back. Uh, so that is it's probably the most lethal form of Ebola. It is named after the German city of Marburg, where it leaped from a lab in 1967 and spread to Belgrade, Serbia. Uh, so there's been an outbreak uh, declared in Equatorial Guinea, which is on Africa's west coast. Uh, so there have been nine deaths and 16 suspected cases from two communities in the northwestern part of the country. And it's related to a funeral because in traditional African funerals, they apparently all touch the, the dead body and that. And that's how a lot of Ebola cases spread uh, through this form of traditional African burial, even though they've been instructed not to, not, not, not to do these types of funerals for, for health reasons, they, they still do it. Uh, so yes, uh, we now need to again panic about Marburg virus. It is very deadly but by the time somebody is actually diagnosed with it it is spread uh, by uh, bodily fluids not by airborne droplets by the time somebody is diagnosed with it most of the time they are already dead it has a fatality rate of 88 percent it uh, i've previously called out it shouldn't be called marburg virus uh, because uh, that is anti-german i mean the 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 virus came from lab monkeys that they imported from uganda so it should be ugandan monkey virus uh, but its natural host is uh, bats fruit bats uh, 
those uh, creatures. So yes, that is the the update on what a new or old virus that uh, we need to be afraid of. Now, going back to uh, the current, I don't know if uh, it, it's a the, the COVID pandemic, it's continuing forever or it's ended, depending on who you talk to. I mean, all of us here, uh, we've all gone back to, to, to normal. Life feels very normal compared to what it was for Australians in 2020 and 2021. And I in a, I guess, a sign of progress, it's now inappropriate to ask uh, for somebody's uh, vaccine status. That's private medical information now, according uh, to uh, the Chief Medical Officer, Paul Kelly. Uh, this is what happened when Liberal Senator Alex Antic tried to ask uh, health officials there vaccine covid vaccine status at senate estimates is it your position therefore that the, the these vaccinations are still safe and effective yes uh, how many injections have you had professor i have um, had four well, i'll answer that personally well, I've, I've had four and uh, i will i will have a fifth soon would you and be prepared I, and i've to, not had covid infection would you be prepared to disclose your uh, immunity register Records? I, I'm happy to. I've had both the AstraZeneca vaccine and I've had the this Moderna is... vaccine, Senator. But, and uh, Professor Kelly? I don't know what I'll else ask the same question of you. I'm just electing to share oh, that. Senator, I think that's private medical, yeah. medical so, so, information. So Kelly just... I'm not going to answer it. Professor Kelly, as an employee of the uh, Commonwealth of Australia, would you be prepared to uh, disclose your immunity register uh, to prove how many vaccinations you've had? It's private medical um, information, Senator. Which, which uh, Australians I, have been I can absolutely uh, disclose that I'm fully up to date. With? With, with COVID-19 vaccinations. Sen which is how many? Sen Senator Antique. Professor Murphy, would you be willing to disclose your... Uh, well, I... Yes, how dare you ask people's private medical information? I mean, that I, I, I'm not actually being sarcastic there. That should be the, the case. I remember when uh, everyone was, well, a lot of people were putting on, uh, their, on their Facebook uh, profile uh, pictures, uh, the frame, I got COVID-19 vaccine. And I remember a few women, hilarious, did their own frame saying, I got my pap smear, uh, highlighting just how uh, inappropriate it is to uh, to display private medical information to the public. Uh, that wasn't the only uh, tense exchange that Alex Alex Antic had uh, with, uh, you saw there, uh, the bald guy, uh, John Skerritt from the Therapeutic Goods Administration there, fellow Liberal Senator uh, Jared Rennick. Uh, he alleged that uh, the TGA covered up the vaccine deaths of a seven and nine-year-old. And so when... Uh, John Skerritt was asked about uh, this by Alex Antic. He got very defensive. We have reported every death that has been associated with these vaccines. Why on earth would we hide a seven and nine-year-old? That, that is the question. Uh, that is the question. Mm. We are not. Seven. We have not. You're Senators? sounding very defensive about we're, we're it, Professor. No, I'm not very agreement. defensive. Yeah, I actually, I actually have the FOI okay. in front of me. The committee suspends. The committee suspends. Broadcasting is off. So causality is... Uh, Senator, I'm about to. The committee suspends. The committee suspends. 
the evidence and facts doesn't suit your narrative. It, does, it doesn't suit it your does. narrative. Okay. I've been watching you, Senators. I've been watching you scoff. I've been watching you roll your eyes. Senators and ministers. Senators and minister, I will suspend the committee again if I cannot bring the committee to order. This will take a very long time if every few minutes I have to suspend. The committee suspends. Broadcasting can be turned off, please. I saw the finance minister, Katie Gallagher, there go full mean girl at uh, Alex Antic there. Uh, of course, she was one of the, the mean girls uh, that the late Kimberly Kitching mentioned. Uh, now, as a, even though we had the chief medical officer of Australia, Paul Kelly, say vaccination status is private medical information, I... There is a Melbourne mother, uh, Vicky uh, Darian, who cannot uh, get onto a heart uh, transplant waiting list uh, because uh, she is not vaccinated against COVID-19. Uh, so she had a severe heart failure and had to have a vecular assist device surgically impended to help pump blood through her body uh, so she needs uh, heart surgery uh, to fight and should a suitable donor become available uh, so under victoria's uh, department of health policies she is ineligible to be on the transplant waiting list something she wants the government to change uh, this was on the Today Show. Uh, former uh, Deputy uh, Chief Medical Officer Dr. Nick Coatsworth said that while there was a risk with the vaccine, the biggest risk will be to uh, the hit to her immune system if she gets COVID-19 without having the vaccine. Then there is a really significant risk that you'll die and the organ will die with you. And we don't want that to happen to you. And we certainly don't want it to happen to the family who made that sacred donation. It is such a complex area. I don't envy your decision, but I do stand by the rules the transplant physicians have made. So Dr. Coatsworth said he knows transplant surgeons would want Vicky to get the best care and any risk associated with the COVID-19 vaccine is very small compared to what she's already been through having had the VAD implanted. And obviously, uh, last week, uh, Dr. Nick Coatsworth, uh, he did say that uh, there are uh, uh, risks of myocarditis for young people, which is why the, the booster uh, hasn't, hasn't been recommended. And this was in the news uh, last week. A 23-year-old woman with an unknown neurological decision died unexpectedly of her sleep after two doses of the, the COVID vaccine. So this was at the Standing Committee on Health, Aged Care and Sport, heard from Australians who felt neglected or dismissed after they sought help uh, for long COVID or the ill effects of the COVID vaccine. So the inquiry was told Amy uh, Segwedic died suddenly and unexpectedly in her sleep in April last year after she experienced negative side effects from the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, so there she is there, obviously, like you can see in her eyes, she had her whole life ahead of you, ahead of her, and uh, she died after a, a short illness. And uh, Jared Rennick, he's also a, pursuing the case of a, another uh, girl, uh, Natalie, 18-year-old, who died unexpectedly after receiving a COVID-19 
vaccine. And this uh, discussing this again, we'll probably might get uh, this YouTube uh, stream taken down. But I mean, they're discussing it in our parliament, which is broadcast to the world. So I'm just reporting what's in the news. Now, obviously, uh, most of the uh, the community-wide vaccine mandates and passports were abolished by the states and territories last year. Some states, particularly Victoria, still have COVID vaccine mandates uh, for aged care and health. But uh, a number of the corporations still have their vaccine mandate in place, including uh, Coles Supermarkets. Uh, in answering an inquiry uh, from uh, David Limbrick, MP, uh, in the Victorian Upper House from the Liberal Democrats, it's been reported you still have vaccine requirements for employees, despite them not being mandated by the government. Can you please confirm or deny this now that organisations are free to set their own rules? On this, we are also free to call for mass boycotts. And so Coles responded, thanks for getting in touch. The health and safety of our team members and customers is Coles' number one priority and health advice shows COVID-19 vaccination is effective at reducing the transmission and severity of COVID-19. In line with this health advice and following a comprehensive risk assessment, Coles requires all team members to be vaccinated at least two doses as a condition of work at all our sites nationally, keep our team members and customers safe. We hope this info helps. Uh, Coles must have different health advice uh, from their competitor, Woolworths, uh, which uh, dropped its uh, uh, COVID-19 vaccine mandate for its employees last year. Uh, so Coles is obviously still uh, championing its uh, health and protection policy and also championing their support uh, for the LGBT World Pride Festival, uh, which has kicked off in Sydney, uh, which it's hard to avoid if you are shopping at Coles uh, to, <laughs> to, to know that it's going on, because uh, at Coles supermarkets, you're greeted by this uh, poster. Everyone is welcome at our table. Uh, well, employees who are not vaccinated against COVID-19 are not welcome at our table, no matter how you identify, who you love, or where you're from. You're always welcome here. And they've even got it on as a greeting on their self-serve uh, machines. Uh, so they've got the same, same thing there with, uh, they say they're the, the proud partner of Sydney uh, World Pride. Uh, so it's in your face when they're going to play, pay for your groceries. And even if you get uh, home, home delivery from Coles, they've got it in this rainbow delivery truck as well and they now at the moment are packing uh, your shopping in overpriced uh, rainbow paper bags so coles replaced their regular paper bag with a pride one and they more than doubled the price to 50 cents from 20 good one coles And uh, Coles, they, they, they already have uh, their, some of their employees uh, can wear the rainbow, uh, rainbow flag on their badge. Uh, but now uh, some of their staff have also got a special World Pride uh, ra rainbow name badges. And of course, uh, when you like, uh, 
obviously you see some employees with these uh, rainbow badges on some with with not and there's probably some people who some shoppers who think why why aren't you wearing the 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 rainbow name badge does that mean you're a homophobe I mean, if you are okay with LGBT people, you should be wearing the the rainbow badge. It's uh, uh, you need to to show this to show that you're a tolerant person. Uh, the absurdity of these uh, various uh, virtue uh, signal. Uh, flags and badges. This was mocked 30 years ago uh, by the the late great Rush Lingbaugh when he was talking about the virtue signal ribbons. I, because I'm wearing these ribbons, I care more than any of you about anything. <laughs> and these ribbons say so. I want you people sitting at home and you people in the audience, look down at your lapel right now. <laughs> I want you to do this. Put the camera back on me. Do this. <laughs> When you look down, what do you see? You don't see anything because you're not wearing any ribbons. It means you're a bigot. It means you're a racist. It means you're a sexist. It means you're a homophobe. It probably means you're a white guy. It probably means you're a European. And you and you alone are responsible for all the ills of America. But I'm not because I'm wearing these ribbons. <laughs> I care more than you. And also, it's now a chance for corporations who uh, may not provide the, the best customer service from time to time to say, see, we've got rainbows all around our stores to show what a good uh, woke corporation we are with uh, environmental social uh, governance. And uh, f they do this every year for uh, the Sydney Mardi Gras. ANZ Bank, they uh, turn their ATMs into GATMs. Uh, they didn't come well out of the Banking Royal Commission, but look, they've got GATMs there. And uh, according to them, uh, we still need to, uh, the reason that, uh, well, we still need to have all of these uh, rainbow uh, parades and, and festivals. Uh, even though, as the, the Barbecue Bulletin point out group that has a whole two-week festival dedicated to them, still think they're they're oppressed. According to ANZ, uh, because there are bad words to describe some LGBT folk, uh, this is why there still needs to be uh, these pride festivals. This is an advert that they put out at the 2020 uh, Sydney Mardi Gras. Um, so tell me what your name is. My name is... My name is... My name is... My name is Faggot. Dyke. Lezo. Faggot. Faggot. Faggot was my whole childhood. Poof. Man-hater. My name is Tranny. You fag. Fairy. Freak. At least twice a week. Carpet muncher. Dirty. Limp-wristed. Ladyboy. Confused. A lot of people tend to say that you just haven't met the right man yet. Don't be so feminine. People say that I don't look gay. What are you? I'm not sure what you are, but I effing hate it. Poofter. Pansy. Frigid. Queer. Gross. Just a phase. Lesbo. Shemale. Sissy. Sick.
I'm not sure about you, but I giggled that uh, at all of those that that they just A and Z. They thought it'd be effective to just you know bombard with all of these all all of these uh, crass slang words to describe various uh, LGBT identities there. And now, of course, a, 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 even though there there are uh, there are health alerts uh, for uh, for, uh, for for the World Pride, uh, they the New South Wales Health uh, they're still encouraging people, well, saying that it's okay for the various attendees to do what they want. They put out this health poster. Sexual health reminders, remember to get tested to protect yourself and others from HIV and STIs. Be prepared with condoms and PrEP. Uh, PrEP is a HIV prevention drug. Uh, so particularly gay men can have unprotected sex without condoms. And the third is to have fun. And their second one is uh, going to Sydney World World Prior, get your MPOPS vaccine, which is monkey monkeypox. All eligible attendees can get vaccinated in New South Wales for free. Uh, so uh, the message from New South Wales Health is to uh, get your uh, slut juice and slut pills uh, so you can have a good time at uh, Sydney World Pride. Uh, now, of course, it's not just an event for adults to uh, do uh, do as they please. Uh, there are also, uh, of course, events aimed at children. And uh, so there is a, this Drag Queen Storytime event at Manly Library uh, with Drag Queen Charisma uh, Bell who I'm not going to, to show it, but on their Instagram uh, has their legs open with a taco in between their legs. And so uh, Jim O'Rourke at the Daily Telegraph said protest threat at Manly Library's Drag Queen Storytime event for kids. There are concerns for the safety of children and families hosted by a drag queen of Sydney Library, maybe targeted by neo Nazis and anti queer protesters. And so it goes on to say it is aimed at children as young as three years old. old. A, a group calling itself Sydney Queer Alerts, and I've uh, managed to get my hands on the poster here. So it says uh, this event is uh, being targeted by an alarming number. It's on the 25th of February at 10:30 uh, a.m. Alarming number of neo-Nazis, transphobes, and conspiracy theorists. The event is being targeted by various members of the National Socialist Network, Catherine Dees, channels belonging to Pauline Hanson's One Nation Party, Mark Latham, Steve Bannon, fascist propaganda outlet. XYZ, they will be absolutely delighted with that shout out that they got in that poster there. This constitute a tangible threat to the safety of the event. Fascists cannot be allowed to shut it down or be given free reign to disrupt this event. This will embolden them for further attacks on the, the queer community. 
meet members of the community are encouraged to form a friendly welcoming committee outside the library which uh, to allow attendees and their families safe entry and exit from the venue while maintaining a warm welcoming environment for attendees and safety blocking any would-be protesters from interfering with the event. Arrive early, traveling groups, bring only yourself and flags and be cautious around fascist streamers and police. And of course, uh, they've got the, the updated rainbow flag with the Neapolitan ice cream and uh, the poo brown and the uh, licorice there as, as I call it. And so it's got a, a quote uh, from the, uh, the drag queen here. Uh, so a, we go further down here. Bella said she would be reading age-appropriate books that were already available in the library. They all have a common theme, usually to do with love and family. What makes family? We talk about different types of families. Some kids live with their grandparents, might be adopted. Some might have two mums or dads. She also pointed out that drag queens were not just adult entertainers. People see drag as adult entertainment. Well, they are. It doesn't have to be. It's very hard for people to date drag queens out of nightclubs, but we're able to change our act according to our audience. Northern Beaches Police said they're aware of the library event. We are working with the council. As council CEO Ray Brownlee said the event celebrated family diversity, community, and friendship. This event is being hosted by a professional performer promoting a love of literacy through creative and positive library experience. Drag Queen Storytimes have been successful in many places of Australia and overseas to the delight of the children and their families. We pride ourselves on having a welcoming and inclusive community on the northern beaches. It's a shame to see people from within and outside northern beaches not being as tolerant as accepting of diversity. Intolerance will not be tolerated. I just made that up. That last bit there. A Sydney World Pride spokesperson said, it's definitely not a spokesman or woman, said anti-LGBTQIA plus protests only demonstrate why it's so important that Sydney World Pride exists and Sydney and Gay and Mardi Gras exists. So yes, that is the uh, one of the many events that is uh, being aimed at children uh, during World Pride and uh, New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet uh, had his own announcements on the announcement on the eve of World Pride in another, or you could call it an announcement, I'll do anything and sell out my values uh, to try and remain Premier. Uh, he uh, is backing a ban on gay conversion uh, practices. So the reason he is probably uh, backing uh, this is because uh, independent MP for Sydney, Alex Greenwich, who was formerly uh, the head of Australian marriage equality, uh, he would be a kingmaker in a hung parliament. Uh, so Dominic Perrottet uh, said, when the parliament returns, my government will provide in principle support for legislation that brings an end to any harmful practices. This is a complex matter and in working through it with my parliamentary colleagues, we'll carefully consider the legal expression and effect of such law. And uh, New South Wales Labor uh, opposition leader, Chris Minns, he's uh, also vowed to outlaw, well, so-called gay conversion therapy. 
And uh, of course, Victoria uh, was uh, one of the first states, of course, uh, to implement such a ban, which even bans prayer. Uh, so Dominic Perrottet has not indicated he will go that far, but he is basically, he's wanting to, to criminalize cons cons consensual uh, 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 people consensually wanting to seek uh, a certain type of treatment. And obviously, a, like, is every form of quack therapy outlawed? I mean, like, if you're going to ban this, then ban all sorts of other uh, quack uh, therapies and uh, health remedies. I mean, if you're going to go into in, in, into this, because this is not this is bans it for adults as well, not just uh, for young people as well. Uh, now, uh, to top it all off, uh, this weekend. It is a, the soccer A-League, uh, both uh, the men and uh, women's A-Leagues. It is their LGBT pride round. And it is being, it has been, well, they, uh, Football Australia and the, and, uh, the Australian Professional Leagues, which, uh, which uh, jointly run uh, football in Australia, they said, oh, we're doing a, a bottom-up uh, 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 we've engaged in a bottom-up approach to having this pride round. We haven't done a top-down like uh, the NRL did with the Manly Seagulls rainbow jerseys. Uh, excuse the puns there. Uh, so uh, this has been lobbied by uh, uh, one of the lobbyists has been the uh, the gay male uh, footballer, uh, Josh Cavallo, who plays for Adelaide United. He made a, a crying coming out video uh, at uh, the end of uh, 2021. And it's been great for his uh, Instagram following and uh, also uh, for getting lots of endorsements, even though he's an average player. He only comes on as a substitute mainly for Adelaide United in the, the second half. So he said the impact the A-League Pride game is having on the LGBT plus community is so powerful, helping so many that feel the need to hide away. You're beautiful regardless of who you are. It's a moment where we come together and celebrate being comfortable in your own skin. I'm honored to help football become a safe space for anyone that uh, feels football isn't a home for them. And so the uh, the men's pride game will be Adelaide United playing Melbourne Victory at Amy Park on Sunday. The reason why it is those two teams at that venue, Amy Park, is because that's where uh, Josh Cavallo alleged in uh, 2021 he was homophobically abused by Melbourne Victory uh, fans uh, when he came off very slowly towards the end of the game after being injured. He also hasn't played much these year, this year because he's been uh, on the sidelines with an enlarged uh, spleen. Now, obviously, in the women's the women's uh, A League, uh, there's a lot of lesbians. I mean, female sports is is full of uh, lesbians. Uh, the number one uh, Matilda uh, women's soccer player, Sam Kerr, is a a lesbian. Just so, like obviously, like sport is 
is has been full of gay and lesbian people for for, for many years, and like nobody cares who uh, Josh Cavallo is attracted to or sleeps with, but he is carrying on as the like you know as one of the the the, the worst types of uh, a emotional uh, LGBT activists uh, that are out there. And of course, there was an NBL player as well. He is, his, his name escapes me. Who? What is it? Posted a video of uh, him uh, coming out of here in front of his uh, teammates, Isaac Humphreys. Uh, that's his his name there. Uh, now at the uh, the Pride game on on Sunday at Amy Park, uh, even the kids playing at halftime. Uh, must wear Pride t-shirts or they won't be able to play. Uh, so parents of six and seven-year-olds being told their children will not be able to take to the pitch uh, during the halftime at the Pride Cup if they do not agree to their kids wearing the LGBT Pride shirts. The coach of one junior team invited to participate in the event received registration forms from Melbourne Victory this week which outlined the requirement. Uh, so it says, please note that Melbourne Victory will be celebrating Pride Cup at this fixture. As such, participants playing halftime small side games will be wearing specially designed Pride T-shirts. By continuing with this registration, you agree to your child wearing the MV, MVFC Pride T-shirt. One shocked parent said while he backed the A-League's Pride Cup, children should be kept out of social or cultural matters. So obviously he's trying. He's already he's already on there like, defensive they're saying oh, i'm not a homophobe i just uh i don't think that i think it's disturbing that uh, melbourne victory is forcing six-year-olds to be moving billboards while i personally agree with the concept of a pride and the safety of all lgbtq persons to participate in sport primary school aged school children are not the correct avenue to express these sentiments uh, so, but uh, Melbourne Victory, they've denied uh, that children are going to be forced uh, to wear the T-shirts, telling the Herald Sun families that were not comfortable uh, could participate in an alternate day, but just not on that day. That's that's the old thing. Oh, we're, we're not excluding anyone. You just can't play that particular game there. Uh, but uh, obviously the real outrage in uh, the sports world is not, it's not any of this uh, uh, using uh, hijacking sport to uh, pursue a political and social agenda. The the real outrage this week is that uh, one of the uh, Collingwood uh, football players, uh, Jack Ginevan, he has been banned for two games and given a uh, suspended $5,000 fine because somebody filmed him in a cubicle, which is deeply disturbing, uh, with an illicit substance at a, a Turk Torquay hotel. And uh, this is the second AFL player who's been uh, caught inhaling a inhaling an illicit substance. The the other one was uh, Bailey uh, Smith, uh, that uh, Bulldogs mullet star who, it, it wasn't pure cocaine that uh, Bailey Smith snorted. It was cut with some woke because he was the guy, remember, he said, uh, change the fucking date of uh, Australia Day. 
And uh, rem- uh, this is his third strike, which I think basically means hanging offence, death penalty in uh, the for the Pearl Clutches outrage uh, brigade, uh, because last year uh, he and a teammate, Isaac uh, Quainor, uh, they uh, did a TikTok video uh, where they rated women on the app out of 10. Uh, so it's apparently a TikTok challenge where a person is asked to re-rate a mark out of 10 based on new information. One of the quotes is, she's a 10 but got some teeth, like them teeth are going every which way diagonal something. And so they uh, expressed remorse for their actions in a video released on the uh, in a in a statement released on the club's social media and uh so uh, they are going to have their uh, a it says here that uh, they're going to be in addition to apologizing both players will undertake further education on the appropriate use of social media with respect to the content they create so they were uh, re-educated and uh that was his first strike uh his second strike uh, uh, Jack uh, Ginevan uh, was dressing up as Jeffrey Dahmer uh, for Halloween, obviously, because uh, Dharma Monster uh, was the, the biggest show in the streaming world at that time. So second strike and now third third strike. So yes, he is yeah, he, he is the worst person in the week, worst person of the week and in my opinion the only thing he's guilty of is just being a larrikin i mean <laughs> like nobody was hurt in any of the of these these outrages he engaged in i mean it's not like he uh, raped or or bashed a woman a woman like uh some other uh sportsmen have uh but you know it's it offends uh, the particular particular groups. And remember, uh, last year, Jordan uh, Degoe, another Collingwood player, another larrikin, and you could say ladies' man, uh, there was outrage because he consensually uh, groped a, a woman on the, on the breast at a trip in Bali. They've had it in for Jordan Degoe since uh, uh, after after he was well he had the he there was an attempted me tooing of him at a new york nightclub last uh summer and the charges were dropped because it was a it was an attempted me too uh therefore he wasn't guilty uh so there was a target on his back because he was probably some deemed he got away uh with some chauvinism so they're after him uh for that uh, but uh, there was hardly a a peep uh, when an AFLW player, Steph uh, Choco, uh, she posted on her Facebook, uh, she's 34 years old, grabbing uh, the breast of a young teammate. And so tags her saying, you're right, uh, you're not my wing ting. What the hell does that mean? So, yes, no outrage for that and they, she, that's her second strike because uh she uh apologized in 2021 uh for a old uh halloween photograph from 2010 uh where she dressed in red face as a native american there 
so yes, that uh, that was a, of course, a very big scandal as well. I mean, look at the, you can see the 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 facial uh, makeup there. So she is co-captain of the Collingwood AFLW club. Uh, she's a part-time, most most of the AFLW players are part-time. She's a secondary school teacher uh, when she's not playing AFLW there. So the, the men's Collingwood players, yes, they have a shocking culture with uh, the <laughs> Jack Jennifer and Jordan DeGoey doing all this larrikin, uh, stuff and uh, chauvinism stuff, uh, but never mind the the one of the the female uh, players there. Now well, I've already gone over an hour. Let's go to globalist news uh, because a last week there was, and this is its literal name, the World Government Summit in Dubai, and of course uh, the. The, the, the man who desires a one world government or global new world order, great reset the most, is Klaus Schwab, the uh, president and founder of the World Economic Forum. Uh, he, in his speech, he, uh, he came up with a, another world domineering uh, expression or line, if, if you want to call it that. I wrote in 2015 the book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, and I mentioned 23 or 24 technologies which will change the world, like crypto and so on and so on. The book was considered science fiction. All those technologies have become reality, and there are new technologies. And I would say we are in the second minute or whatever you we want to call we are at the beginning when you look at it at technology transformation it usually takes place in, in the terms of an s curve and we are just now where we move into the exponential phase and i agree artificial intelligence but not only artificial intelligence <clears throat> but also the metaverse new space technologies, and I could go on and on, synthetic biology. Our life in 10 years from now will be completely different, very much affected, and who masters those technologies in some way will be the master of the world. <laughs> you just expect him there to just... And then the, the attendees there go, and now also uh, dialing in uh, to the World Government Summit remotely uh, was the spaceman, Twitter man, and electric car man, Elon Musk. And uh, he I, well, told them to their faces that uh, this, uh, the world government that some of the, them desire isn't really a good idea. I know this is called the World Government Summit, um, but um, I think we should be maybe a little bit concerned about uh, actually becoming too much of a single world government. Um, if, if I may say that we want to avoid creating a civilizational risk by having, um, frankly, this may sound a little odd, too much cooperation between governments. Um, you know, if 
you know, if you look at, say, the, at history and the rise and fall of civilizations, um, that really all throughout history, civilizations have risen and fallen, but it hasn't meant the doom of humanity as a whole because there have been, there've been all these separate civilizations that were separated by great distances. And so, um, you know, say like, while Rome was falling, it, uh, it, you know, uh, Islam was rising. And uh, so you had like a, uh, you know, the, the sort of caliphate do, doing incredibly well while Rome was doing terribly. Um, and that actually ended up being a source of preservation of knowledge uh, and, uh, and many scientific advancements. And so, um, so I think we want to be a little bit cautious about uh, being too much of a, world, of a single uh, civilization, because if we are too much of a single civilization, then if, if we, if the, whole, the whole thing may collapse. Um, I'm not, obviously not suggesting war or anything like that, but I think we want to be a little bit wary of actually cooperating too much. It sounds a little odd, but um, but we, we just we, we want to have some amount of civilizational diversity, such that if uh, if something does go wrong with some part of civilization, that the whole thing doesn't collapse uh, and 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 you know humanity keeps moving forward. Now, many of those in attendance at the, the World Government Summit in Dubai uh, would have uh, gotten on their, their private jets after uh, to go to the Munich Security uh, Conference, uh, which, uh, which uh, is held every year. It was a busy, busy week on the, the globalist uh, calendar there. And of course, the, the, the number one uh, topic there was uh, support for Ukraine. But it wasn't a, a good week for the, the globalists. In, they lost uh, another one of their puppets. Uh, Nicola Sturgeon resigned as First Minister of Scotland. Uh, she said it was not the result of uh, sh sh short-term setbacks, uh, such as uh, West Westminster uh, ripping up her uh, self-ID gender law. Uh, a lot of people are cred uh, crediting uh, J.K. Rowling for bringing down Nicola Sturgeon. She's been Scottish First Minister for uh, over eight years, was Deputy First Minister for seven years. Uh, she doesn't have a legacy because Scottish independence hasn't been uh, achieved. Uh, one joke I heard is that uh, J.K. Rowling expelliarmus uh, Nicola Sturgeon. Also, wasn't a good week uh, for another couple of the globe, a couple who are the darlings of the globalists, uh, Harry and Megan were savaged uh, in the latest episode of South Park. Uh, they were going on their global privacy uh, tour in the the South Park episode, and apparently Harry and Megan uh, might sue uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. That would be hilarious if they do. Imagine the discovery <laughs> during during that uh, that process. Now, I'll quickly finish off with uh, covering the local Australian politics news. Obviously, I covered uh, Senate estimates uh, with the uh, Alex Antic uh, questions. Uh, so we had the Queensland police. Uh, they uh, concluded that the, uh, the trains... Uh, who uh, shot and killed two Queensland police officers and a neighbour were religiously motivated 
extremists uh, because uh, they were believers in pre-millennialism, which is a which is a, which is a, a Christian second coming of of Jesus' belief, and so a lot of people. Uh, uh, Christians are alarmed that uh, is this an indication that ASIO, who've got their their bump up in the in their budget, are uh, going to start monitoring uh, Christians, uh, those who are espousing traditional views or a suspicion of government. Uh, so, yes. We know that uh, ASIO, they, they monitor both religiously motivated extremism and ideologically motivated extremism, uh, though most of their workload now is foreign interference uh, from hostile powers. We also got the date today for the Aston by-election triggered by the resignation of uh, former Morrison government minister Alan Tudge after his, uh, what, what, you, what can you de de describe, uh, his, yeah, his, his testimony, his, uh, well, his awful, uh, you would say, uh, damaging testimony at the RoboDebt Royal Commission, where he uh, was one of the ministers overseeing that uh, illegal uh, program uh, where Centrelink demanded payments from people who didn't owe any money. So that'll be on April the 1st. Labor is running the same candidate they ran at the federal election. The margin is down to 2.9%. It's in southeastern Melbourne, Aston. Uh, so it's a mortgage belt seat. I, the uh, the Liberals, they haven't decided their candidate yet, but it's going to be a woman because only three women have nominated. There is, of course, uh, the uh, the March 25th New South Wales state election. I mentioned uh, uh, Dom Perrottet. He'll do anything to get elected, including selling out his uh, values. And in another policy announcement, uh, he is going to make it easier uh, for women uh, to get the contraceptive pill at the, the pharmacy. See, I'm not a, a socially conservative Catholic. I'm going to make it easier for you to, to get the, the contraceptive pill, it, uh, which my church uh, doesn't approve of uh, for women. And uh, he was also uh, rocked uh, by the... Well, he did want uh, a, 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 the Liberal Party to uh, dump uh, Peter uh, Pul uh, Pullis from the upper house ticket. He resigned as a parliamentary uh, secretary because he uh, shared an explicit image of a rival, this, uh, uh, this uh, Paul uh, uh, Pultus of a rival, which uh, many, many years ago, and also there was the uh, resignation of Damien Shuthope, uh, the finance minister, another Opus Dei, uh, uh, Opus Dei member. Uh, so he had sh uh, superannuation shares in Transurban when he uh, was making financial decisions about the government's dealing with Transurban. I also should mention uh, that uh, going back uh, to uh, Peter uh, Paulsus. This was not a. This was a, a publicly posted image uh, by uh, the the uh, the woman. But 
because he was using it to attack a a rival. I'm not sure how explicit it was. It might have been revealing or... But uh, so he hasn't done anything illegal in terms of revenge porn, but yes, it's obviously outraged uh, many women in his uh, party. And obviously the Liberal Party doesn't like to see that it has a woman's... It doesn't want to be look like it's had a woman's pro- problem. There's a super chat here from Naughty Design. Keep pushing, Timbo. Thank you, Naughty. In the Weekend Australian, uh, Linda Reynolds, she broke her, well, her silence on, well, how the Brittany Higgins saga uh, has affected her. She believes that Brittany Higgins was offered the appropriate support, and she believed that Brittany Higgins's story uh, was used uh, as part of a Labor campaign uh, to attack the Morrison government. And we also have uh, Anthony Albanese. He's uh, travelled out of his uh, inner city electorate of uh, Grandla, uh, where I think they're all going to 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 vote uh, for the Voice. Uh, <laughs> he is in Perth trying to sell the Voice to uh, Western Australians. There, I've got new theme music when we talk about the Voice. Yeah, of course, that's the theme from the Voice TV show. Like, he's putting so many, so much political capital into this Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. I'm not going to mention much of it tonight, but just he and his Indigenous Affairs Minister, Linda Burney, they're just banging on about it nearly every day. And we also had uh, Philip Lowe, a before uh, parliamentary committees uh, defending his interest rate increases uh, to crush inflation. I do agree that there's no other alternative uh, to crushing inflation than reducing the amount of money in circulation, which means higher interest rates. I mean, uh, runaway inflation just it destroys all of our wealth. Uh, Now, uh, there's a couple of uh, events uh, happening this Saturday, Uh, Saturday the, I got my dates right, Uh, Saturday the 25th, uh, there is a campaign against racism and fascism protest at Sunshine Station at 1pm, because Sunshine is the, is uh, the location, is is where the the gym uh, which hosted the National Socialist Network and a European Australian Movement uh, meetup. That gym was located in Sunshine. I'm certainly not going to that, but what I will be going to uh, is uh, the Australian Peacemakers event, uh, Christians Unite. Uh, this is at uh, the Polish house uh, Syria in Roville. Uh, so uh, featured there will be Topher Field, Nick Patterson, Venos Paniades, and Damien Richardson. Uh, they put together this uh, promotional uh, video. This is amazing
And there is also a Sydney uh, Christians Unite event on the 30th, uh, 7 p.m. at the Ride Eastwood Leagues Club. Uh, so there is uh, a, who I can see there, Pastor Andrew uh, Sebra from Echo Church, and also uh, Stephen Chavra, who uh, from Campion College, who has been a guest on Wilms Front. Uh, so all, uh, a lot of heavy hitters from the freedom movement are speaking. I don't include uh, Ricardo Bossi or Dave Guru Graham as heavy hitters. Obviously, there was a lot of attention on them uh, because uh, they attended the uh, Sydney uh, Worldwide Freedom Rally. I'm not sure uh, Melbourne Freedom Rally didn't attend or organise the, the Melbourne one, so I'm not sure who turned up. But I interviewed Ricardo Bossi on Wilms Front in 2019. We launched the Australia One Party, but he's certainly gone down the rabbit hole a lot uh, since then. Last I spoke to him was uh, 2020 when he uh, was running in the, the Eden Monaro by-election as an as an independent and uh what he and uh, dave guru have been saying it's uh, certainly raising a lot of eyebrows and i swear that the cooker watch crowd they seem to follow those two more than anyone who uh, is a believer in in freedom i mean they probably have more followers in that other community that I just mentioned than in the actual uh, freedom community. That's just my two cents on that. But I've gone well over time. Uh, so thank you for watching. I hope uh, that you enjoyed the return of Wilmsfront last night uh, with my guest, Senator Taken the Piss, Parahata Lazahara Lambaros. Uh, so that is, of course, on the, the live replays on the Wilmsfront channels on youtube and odyssey there's no replays permanent replays on dlive and of course uh, you, you you may also be watching this on a replay on youtube or odyssey as well make sure you subscribe to both odyssey and youtube the Wilmsfront channels uh give a thumbs up to these videos leave a comment below uh, because it all helps with the the algorithm and uh remember if you don't want to send through a super chat thank you again uh, naughty design for the super chat. Uh, you can take out an unshackled membership. Uh, so we have uh, memberships available: bronze five dollars a month, silver ten dollars per month, gold twenty five dollars per month, platinum fifty dollars per month. Uh, so there are plenty of ways to support our work. And thank you once again, everyone, for watching. Uh, there is no uh, Wilms Front this Sunday night, uh, but I will as uh, am working, talking to a few potential guests, and I'll certainly I bring you a report uh, from uh, the Christians Unite event on Saturday. Even though I'm not a Christian myself, I'm very interested to hear uh, the message. Ooh, I'm a big supporter of the Australian peacemakers. Anyway, Nick Patterson's got a, still got his huge legal fight against Victoria Police, who want to uh, imprison him for at least six months. Uh, so I'll be looking forward to catching up with him and uh, all the other uh, freedom activists there as well. So good night, everybody. Stay safe, stay sane. And I guess also stay light as well because we have we're living in absurd times so i try to lighten it around here and uh i suggest you you too as well i mean how else are we meant to cope good night everybody tim's news explosion tim's news explosion tim's news explosion tim's news explosion 
Tim's News Explosion. Tim's News Explosion. Tim's News Explosion. Tim's News Explosion.